This is AC Primetime Radio, live from the home of Miss America. It's time to reimagine. Next. Next. Redevelop. Uh, excuse me, next. Reinvest. Next. And track the reinvention of Atlantic City. This is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. Sixth Ward Councilman of Atlantic City, Mr. Jesse Kurtz on AC Primetime Radio. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. So let's talk about technology and the good and bad of it, how the internet can be a a double-edged sword. It's a digital disruptor. It can do good things. It could make people lose jobs. It can make people billionaires. We know how Uber has disrupted transportation in Atlantic City and here in the Down Beach area. But today we're going to zero in on something near and dear to your heart, I understand, Airbnb, right? Yes, sir. Why Airbnb? What is it and how does it affect Atlantic City and why do you want to get out in front of it? Oh, sure. And, and not just Airbnb, but Airbnb is certainly the leader when it comes to these um, online delivered short-term rentals here in Atlantic City. And it's something that renting out your home or part of it for the summer or for a short amount of time is nothing new to Atlantic City. Um, there are so many families who tell stories about how they survived renting out the main portion of their home for all or part of the summer while the main family would live in the ground floor, the basement, if you will, and still enjoy things but play housekeeper. Uh, This tremendous spirit of hospitality that was present not only in the tremendous, huge, beautiful hotels that were on the boardwalk, but also in just about every small rooming home or small individual so-called single family home. Um, This is something that we've done for a long time. Now, granted, things have changed in Atlantic City, and the model, if you will, has changed so much uh, based on casino hotels and the type of party atmosphere that takes place in those casinos. And welcome on the scene, Airbnb, and these other short-term rental places. So it's something that it makes sense to uh, offer a place for people to stay because not everybody wants to stay in a large hotel. And I know in my case, um, I have a large family, and it's just not practical for us to stay in a hotel room. So we look for these places like Verbo or Airbnb when we go travel. Or VRBO. You you call it Verbo. I call it VRBO. But I don't think we really know what exactly it's called. <laughs> but, but so you gave the positive side of how technology can put consumer and product together you know, rooms available and people looking for inexpensive rooms and the internet connects them with uh, Verbo or VRBO, Vacation Rentals by Owner, or Airbnb. What's the downside of an Airbnb? Of course, do you know how uh, the name Airbnb came about? That I do not. It's a great story. Back in the day, they wanted to go to some conference out on the West Coast, and it's very expensive when these conferences occur, especially in Silicon Valley, and it's impossible to get a hotel room. So they go, well, maybe we can find somebody that can let us stay on their couch. To make a couple of bucks, a group of guys said, an air mattress as your bed, and you get breakfast for one low price. 
That's, I did not know that, but it, it makes a lot of sense, uh, these type of alternative arrangements, because now, as, as you know, and many of your listeners, uh, but I, I was shocked the first time I learned that you can uh, get a camping spot, so-called, in somebody's backyard, if they have enough space in the yard. If you have a camper that's on your property, some people were Airbnb, that, um, that's not in Atlantic City, but you know, in different places, you have these type of alternative arrangements. You can rent a treehouse, you know, if you want to stay in a treehouse. <laughs> so, so what's the downside? What's the sure. potential? Potential downside of Airbnb. Well, and it's more than a potential, Mel. It's a, it's an actual downside. What we're having is like anything else; it gets abused. And we have a situation now where in residential communities in Atlantic City and elsewhere, people are advertising units that are not even designed for 20 people, but they're designing, hey, come and bring a party of up to 20 people and have a bachelor party. And it's actually indicated on their advertisement, have a bachelor party. Well, what does that mean? It's like, well, next to your, your family lives on one side and my family lives on the other side of this place. And you've got 20 people having a great time enjoying Atlantic City, but the reality is that we can't sleep. You got people tossing things in the street and doing all the other things that come along with the party atmosphere, which again, we welcome in Atlantic City and at the Jersey Shore, because that's what makes our money. But there has to be some type of boundaries, if you will. A casino, for example, is equipped with a security staff. They've got nightclubs in there. So they have all the infrastructure, if you will, for a large group of guys and girls that are out there having a great time. Your average street in the neighborhood doesn't have that type of infrastructure. You know, we have a police force that's stretched as it is to take care of the so-called tourism district. And in the residential area, when you have this type of disruptive, large-scale party that's not being handled by either the owners self-policing, if you will, the services self-regulating, which they're not, and the city really not coming to terms with what the impact is in the residential neighborhoods, um, this is definitely an issue. Is it legal or illegal currently to operate an Airbnb in Atlantic City right now? A lot of gray area. Um, it's cer- certainly something, as you mentioned initially, that um, we haven't come to full terms with. You know, we haven't recognized what people are doing. Um, so the thing on the books is a so-called seasonal rental permit. So uh, three times a year. Um, inspectors will come out and you get this permit that allows you to rent it to as many people as frequently as you want to within that season. So you get your CO per season. Um, But aside from that, um, there's no equivalent to, let's say, a hotel, motel occupancy tax. Um, There's no equivalent to some of the considerations you get in larger apartment buildings or rooming homes when it comes to quality of life issues. So uh, there's, there's not a yeah, there's not a, a, a real infrastructure, if you will, to deal with it. How does Atlantic City license and inspections, how do they, how do they even identify a housing unit that's a part of this? I mean, how would they even know that they are renting it out, maybe not just on VRBO, vacation rentals by owner, or Airbnb, or even Craigslist? How would a Dale Finch, the current um, the license and inspection guy for Atlantic City, where would he even start? Well, unless you're proactive in this situation, um, regretfully, a lot of people are just going to do it until they're told that they need a permit. A lot of, a lot of people either don't know or don't want to go get the permit, so uh, they want to stay under the radar. Um, what, what I've done is, um, since my ward has a lot of these short-term uh, rentals, is that when people bring them up to me, um, I've deputized people in the sense of being um, responsible citizens and having a task force. So this task force of just ordinary citizens, um, I've empowered them to 
go look at the listings yourself, compile a list of addresses, and I'll make sure that they're reported and that we're checking them out. Because if you're going to do this type of rental, you know, we welcome it in a responsible way um, that's not uh, obnoxiously disruptive to the community. Uh, but you have to play by the rules. Now, we're in the process, I believe, of getting in front of this and being one of the first uh, Jersey Shore communities to come up with a, kind of a, a way to normalize it, you know, just to have something that uh, makes sure that it happens, it happens responsibly, and that it's done so in a you know, legal way. And a part of that is in addition to uh, deputizing and empowering people to um, take charge of their neighborhood, uh, on Wednesday, I'm having a public hearing on this because I want people who do this. Because, again, I, I welcome this. People who own a house and rent it out, I want them to come out to the hearing. For those who can attend on Wednesday night at, at City Hall in the council chambers, uh, Jesse Kurtz, what are we calling it? What's the official title of this uh, town hall? It's a public hearing on uh, the impact of short-term rentals in residential neighborhoods. Okay, and it's happening this Wednesday night. 6 p.m., City Council Chambers, which is the second floor at City Hall. Atlantic City City Hall. If they cannot attend, how can they reach out to you and provide some input? Sure. I'd appreciate if they would email it to me. It's uh, J Kurtz. That's K-U-R-T-Z. So J Kurtz at cityofatlanticcity.org. I was uh, amazed at keeping an eye Well, first off, we were talking briefly about how the issue or the challenge or the problem of Uber got quickly solved, much to the chagrin of uh, the yellow cab people down here and the the limousines and the jitney folks when Governor Christie just with the stroke of a pen gave Uber total carte blanche. Totally surprised by that. I'm assuming when you watch that, you said to yourself, maybe we as Atlantic City Councilmen should get in front of this this Uber thing and become making sure that we can manage, maintain, encourage and use Uber and Uber like applications for the good of the city, not automatically just for the state or the tourism district, etc., Well, I always find that being proactive and and handling things head on is the best way to go. Unfortunately, in politics, a lot of people don't take that approach. I'll give you an example. Um, I think a lot of people were afraid at the local level to take on the challenge and reality of Uber uh, because of perceived pushback politically from the existing cabs, limos, etc. And I'd argue that we ended up with a situation that's worse for the cabs and the limos because people weren't, aff- um, weren't courageous enough to get out front. Uh, I-, I don't want to see that happen with Airbnb. Atlantic City is a lot different than Vineland. It's a lot different than a town up in Sussex or Warren County. And so the fact that we're a unique town, and a lot of towns are unique in New Jersey, is that, that that's the beauty of limited government, is that you're supposed to try to take care of things <clears throat> at the level closest to where they're happen, happening. And so for us, the only way we're going to beat the state on this one to doing it is by getting out front and setting up a, a system that works for a small resort town with a tremendous number of visitors that also happens to have a a number of established residential neighborhoods where we need to get out first and we need to do so and, and really set our own regulations that make sense for us. 
Jesse Kurtz, Six Ward Councilman in the City of Atlantic City. My name is Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Radio, News from Atlantic City and Margate, Ventnor, a little bit of Brigantine and Longport. Got a question for you in regards to revenue. If I'm the Atlantic City casinos with all those hotel rooms, if I am the showboat with a lot of hotel rooms, if all of a sudden I'm the Revel or 10 with even more hotel rooms sitting there or the Atlantic Club, I'm not going to be a big fan of seeing independent non-casino hotels competing for that consumer dollar. Uh, we did talk about that a little bit, how I, if I was a casino, I'd like to get my hands, or if I was the state of New Jersey, I'd like to get that, my hands on those dollars that the city of Atlantic City would raise by uh, managing an Uber economy and throw that into the, well, the, the luxury bucket, the luxury tax bucket. Uh, so I'm playing devil's advocate. How do you respond to that, Jesse Kurtz? Well, uh, twofold. <clears throat> One, I think the way that we um, try to avoid the state from taking that revenue stream, that potential revenue stream, which I think is, is a very good possibility. The state has a history of taking one percentage or one entirety of a revenue stream after another from the city, and then we're left with uh, trying to make a, a, a fiscally managed situation, which is very tough. So for starters, I think getting out first is important. So that way we can, um, ideally, I would like to dedicate the revenue stream. So if we bring up some type of minimal fee to make it on par with what a hotel or motel has to pay, um, I'd like to see that dedicated to something like debt service or like a tourism marketing fund, something along those lines. Like I wanted, I'm I'm welcoming the public's input. I don't come to the table um, set in stone with how I'd like this to look. But those are some of the questions I'm asking the public is how would they like to see this fund dedicated? Would they like to see, and this goes into my second point, Mel, is that um, there really are different clientels or different markets when it comes to rentals. And people who are realtors will tell you that the family that rents in Ocean City is a lot different than uh, the bachelor that comes out on a Friday night to Borgata or to one of our other casinos. and everything in between. And so um, there's a market that we're not getting currently in Atlantic City that is ripe for an Airbnb-style rental. And I'll use my family as an example. You know, I, I live in AC, but I, I have a larger family, and I'm not inclined to go into a single hotel room that I'm not going to fit. And even with my family, we're not fitting in two adjoining rooms. So I, I want to go somewhere where you have that kitchen um, infrastructure, where you have a nice, maybe a yard for the kids to play in. And so that's a great market for us, a non-gaming market, if you will, for us to pick up on in Atlantic City. So I would tell the casinos in your devil's advocate situation, Mel, that um, if we do this right, we're not necessarily competing. We're growing the market. We're growing the number of people that in turn are going to go to the Steel Pier, that are going to go to Ripley's Believe It or Not or the Skate Zone. And there are other options and questions I would put out there. Should we have a minimum required stay? So some towns have said that you have to stay at least three or four nights in one of these short-term units. Um, Another town like Jersey City has said that you can only rent an individual unit for a maximum of something like 30 days out of the year. So there are, there are considerations. And so what I'm putting out there, and I genuinely want the public, I want the owners, I want the participants in the short-term rental business, I want the casinos, I want everybody to give their input proactively, should we have minimum stays? Should we have maximum amount of rental duration throughout the year? 
Should we dedicate the revenue stream? And these are some of those questions that um, I, I'd like to throw out there and hopefully get answered between Wednesday and then anybody that might want to either come to the meeting or call me. You know, my council uh, office line is 609 957 0437. And if anybody wants to call me, 957-0437 or email me at jkurtz at cityofatlanticcity.org, I'd love their input. We're talking to Jesse Kurtz, 6th Ward Councilman for the City of Atlantic City. My name is Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Radio. Any other towns, any other mayors, commissioners, are you one of the few, if any, that are getting out ahead of this? Uh, I don't hear much from other South Jersey shore towns. Um, there are a few who have um, gotten out there, and I want to give a shout-out to Brigantine. Um, they're one of the groups that has gotten out there. And in talking to Airbnb, they actually look at them as a model of how to handle this. Um, there are certain towns where uh, people have taken it in a way that um, Airbnb and the other short-term rental entities have f- f- pushed back and fought back. And then there's other towns they've really uh, liked. So. Aside from a handful that have jumped out, for the most part, it's like a lot of things. People kind of wait for somebody else to normalize them, and and I don't want to wait. Do you have any sense of how popular these VRBOs, these Airbnbs, or the, the use of Craigslist, how common is that already just unofficial and kind of flying under the radar? Oh, it, and it's, um, you know, f- freedom. I mean, it's a beautiful beauty of freedom is that people are going to do um, what makes sense to them. They're going to pursue opportunities. And so literally every week, the short-term rental market is growing in Atlantic City and the larger, greater Atlantic City area. And so this is a reality that's here. And so there's no sense, in my opinion, trying to force it back in the box because it's out. I think our goal is to take it and to learn from the experience so far and say, you know what, we need smarter enforcement of existing laws such as noise ordinances, such as um, you know public urination, which unfortunately is happening in some of these situations, that we, we just need more of a presence of enforcement. And we need to look at it and say, how, how do we do this in a smart way that balances the interest? Because right, any community, you balance the rights um, and in respecting each individual. And so how do you balance the, re- the obligation of somebody who's, whether they're a retiree or a family, and they want to enjoy peaceful, quiet enjoyment in their neighborhood with somebody else who's pursuing an opportunity to rent out their home several times a year and, and help us supplement their income? As we come to a close, Sixth Ward Councilman Jesse Kurtz from the City of Atlantic City, one more reminder of how they can participate in your your public hearing coming up this Wednesday night. Uh, we'd love for people to come out Wednesday, 6 p.m., and anybody that comes out will have an opportunity on the record to give their thoughts um, to just you know, and share their experiences. If you're somebody that's had um, these type of rentals in your neighborhood, I want to hear from you. If they've been positive and you've loved it, because in some cases it's taken vacant foreclosed properties in this like zombie foreclosure epidemic that we've had in the area. And it started moving real estate, which has been a great thing. In other areas, um, it's caused a very disruptive kind of rowdy crowd to come in and keep up people all hours of the night who are trying to get sleep to go to work the next day. And so I want to hear these different experiences. I want to get them down along with my colleagues. I'm going to have some of my council colleagues there. We're going to have members of the administration. And this isn't the last time we're talking about it, Mel, but this will be the first formal setting for people to get on the record. And I'm looking forward to putting forward some type of ordinance uh, by the end of the summer. 
acprimetime.com and ac primetime radio sponsored by lacy cleaning the best in carpet cleaning and construction site cleanups turnover service for those who rent out their properties make sure you reach out to the man he is chad from lacy cleaning call him the best lacycleaning.com that's l-a-c-e-y cleaning.com and ac primetime radio also sponsored by get smart digital the fastest growing digital marketing and online advertising company in the atlantic city region and all of south jersey visit getsmartdigital.com